It is so wonderful to see you again, fellow humans, and welcome to ASM Murder, the only true crime podcast with an ASMR twist. I, of course, am your host, The Guru, and in toast for today's true crime story, I have some honey, some lemon, and some bourbon whiskey in an Irish coffee glass. That, my friends, is a recipe for a delicious drink called a hot toddy. Why, grew you delicious walnut, whatever does your tasty beverage have to do with today's story? An excellent question, young bookshelf. Today's episode is number 11, and the topic of this episode is a death that happened almost 90 years ago. The victim was an actress known for participating in comedies such as Horse Feathers and Monkey Business from the mid-twenties until her death. She was a charismatic and beautiful person who always seemed to be in good spirits and who was loved by all. I'm talking about the case of Thelma Todd, who was also known by many nicknames, such as the Ice Cream Blonde, the Blonde Venus, and Hot Toddy, the Gnome de Plume for my delicious beverage. Another name she was known as was Allison Lloyd, though it was more uncommon for her to use it. Who was she? Who killed her? And most importantly, why does she have a delicious beverage named after her? So walk with me a while, fellow humans, while we explore the answers to these questions and more. Content warning. Today's episode contains graphic content not suitable for some audiences, which include mentions of physical abuse and abusive relationships, descriptions of a crime scene, and the state of a dead body. Listener discretion is therefore advised. Thelma Alice Todd was born in Lawrence, Massachusetts, and was a bright student. Her father was an important businessman, a respected merchant, and a perennial alderman. When she was 15, Todd worked in a dime store, but clients were so dumbfounded upon her beauty that her boss had to fire her. Her nicknames seem to make sense now, don't they? Initially, she wanted to be a school teacher and enrolled in Lowell Norman School, now University of Massachusetts at Lowell, in 1923 after graduating from high school. While studying, she won some money working as a model and Todd entered beauty pageants in her late teens, was crowned in 1925 Miss Lawrence, won the title of 1925 Miss Massachusetts, and even got the attention of the Elks Lodge 65. Thanks to these contests, a Hollywood talent scout spotted her. She was offered a slot at the Paramount Players School in New York City, where Paramount Studios trained would-be actors in things such as acting and manners. Out of the 16 members of Todd's class, the most renowned people were her, Josephine Dunn, and Charles Buddy Rogers. As Todd had a precious speaking voice, she took extra voice lessons to make it even more beautiful to the ears. She found work in 1929 at Hal Roach Studios. She appeared in many movies during the silent film era as a supporting character without much space left to actually show her acting skills to the fullest. Todd was married to Pat DeCicio for a short amount of time. It was rumored that he had ties with the mob and Todd divorced him due to severe physical abuse on his part. One time she even ended up in the hospital after one of their drunken fights. After they got divorced in 1934, she changed her will and left him a single dollar to prevent DeCicio from contesting and getting more money out of her. In August of 1934, Todd opened the Thelma Todd Sidewalk Cafe by the seaside of Will Rogers Beach with two business partners, Jewel Carmen and Roland West. 
The actress had a romantic relationship with West, even living in adjoining Ocean View apartments with only a sliding door dividing their bedrooms. They were able to buy that property thanks to the success of their cafe, which catered to the entertainment and underworld crowds. Things were tense with Roland, too, as he was a jealous and possessive man, but Todd was in love with him anyways. The morning was cold, yet sunny, when Todd's body was found. It was December 16, 1935. Winter was just around the corner. She had a mauve and silver gown on, plus a mink wrap and multiple and pricey pieces of jewelry. Todd was found slumped over the wheel of her 1932 Lincoln Phaeton convertible inside a garage next to Sidewalk Cafe. Her maid, Mae Whitehead, was the one to find her around 10.30 a.m. She tended to drive Todd every weekday to her job, and Whitehead even thought the woman was sleeping and tried to wake her up without success. The actress had her eyes closed and her head inclined towards one of the car's doors. Whitehead went directly towards Sidewalk Cafe, where she spoke with Charles Smith, who had been Roland's assistant film director for years and was now the cafe treasurer. He called Roland via intercom, who was supposed to be asleep, and arrived quickly, dressed up in a hurry and without much care. The maid and the man returned to the garage to double-check the state of the body. Roland put a hand on his lover's face, immediately pulling it away as a few drops of blood fell. He told Whitehead to fetch Rudolph Schaefer, the cafe manager, and his brother-in-law. He had also been asleep when the body was found and arrived at the garage around 11.15 a.m., touched Todd's cheek, and decided that the authorities had to be contacted. A peculiar thing is that they didn't use any personal phone for the call. Rather, Schaefer drove many miles and parked at a Santa Monica print store. He used the proprietor's private phone to contact the LAPD's West Los Angeles station. The death scene had no signs of violence at all, but the police noticed that there were 2.5 gallons of gas left in the car's tank. The ignition was on, but the battery was completely discharged. Todd's small white party purse was on the seat, and it contained a key to her apartment's outside door. And so, one of America's weirdest mysteries began to be analyzed. This case soon became one of Hollywood's most sensational unsolved deaths, with local newspapers and reports focusing on this death, with rumors and theories that weren't very reliable but were still promoted. There have been countless apparent motives behind Todd's death. Anything you can think of was definitely looked upon at least once, but there was nothing certain. It was unclear if her death had been an accident or a suicide, but the certain thing was that the cause of her death was carbon monoxide poisoning. From the very beginning, this was a controversial case filled with contradictions and loopholes. The first question was, why hadn't Todd slept in her apartment? If she had a key to the outside entrance, why didn't she use it? Roland was asked this, and he said that he had bolted the outside door from the inside without realizing that his lover wasn't carrying all of her keys, because there had been multiple stalkers near the building, and the actress had received nasty death threats in recent days before her passing. Roland was asleep by 2.30 a.m., but his bull terrier's whining woke him up about an hour later. He assumed that Todd had arrived and that she went to take a bath due to the sounds of the electric water pump filling the silence of the night. Roland said that he had assumed that his lover had woken up to visit her mother and didn't think much about her absence. Investigations revealed that the actress had spent the previous Saturday night, December 14th, at a popular Hollywood nightclub, Trocadero, at a party hosted by entertainer Stanley Lupino and his actress daughter Ida. 
Todd had been fighting with Roland and wanted a change of air, plus she was the guest of honor at the party. Todd had an unpleasant exchange with her husband, DeCicio, when he was there. She saw him and his new girlfriend and decided to get drunk, telling her friend Ida that she had been seeing someone else too. Roland hadn't gone to the party, yet he had told her to be home by 2 a.m. She had arrived at Trocadero at 8 p.m. and asked someone to call Roland at 1 a.m. to let him know that she'd be leaving the place soon. Yet the actress left the party at around 4 a.m. Even after the encounter with her ex-husband and the fight with her lover, Todd's friend said that she was in a good mood and nothing hinted that she could have committed suicide. She was driven home from the party in the early hours of December 15th by her chauffeur, uh, Ernest O. Peters who was also the last person to see her before her passing. He said that she was strangely quiet and told him not to escort her to the door as he usually did. Some people have claimed to have seen Todd in the morning after the party, and one of her close friends said that she had called and explained what had happened the previous night. According to the autopsy, this couldn't be true because the actress would have been dead by then. Police crafted a theory. Todd had decided to sleep in her car due to finding herself locked out. Climbing the 271 steps cut into the deep cliff behind the cafe into the garage, she might have fallen asleep before dying due to having too much alcohol in her blood. For reference, 0.8% of alcohol in blood is consistent with a threshold of intoxication nowadays, and Todd had 0.13%. She had had a rough night and had decided to drink to soothe her mind. But this theory was proven wrong by Roland, who said that Todd had a heart condition plus... She hated walking, though not a single organ abnormality was found in Todd during the autopsy. Roland was very insistent that his lover had fainting spells due to her condition and that her doctor had recommended no extreme movements or exercise. Thanks to this first hypothesis, many more appeared, giving place to contradictions. Some people said that Todd had broken teeth, deep injuries and bruises, but the autopsy didn't reveal any signs of violence on her body. Reporters tried to make their own theories about the crime that led nowhere and were quickly proven wrong. However, new information appeared the day after the crime, information that was kept hidden from the public for a long, long time. More specifically, someone confessed to the crime, yet there were no repercussions for it. But why is that? On December 17, 1935, Roland confessed to having been the culprit of his lover's death. He was serious and felt guilty about what he had done, but the authorities didn't know what to do. He was an important man, after all, and the consequences would have been severe if he had said the right words. And so, some detectives went to Roach's studio office looking for advice on how to handle the situation. The thing is, Roland always wanted to control what Todd did, going as far as telling the actress to be home early, yet Todd ignored him and said she'd come and go as she wanted, which resulted in an argument. She had declined Peter's offer to escort her upstairs because she knew Roland would make a scene. He had locked Todd out. She shouted and another argument arose. She said she would go to as many parties as she wanted to go and left towards the garage to start the car once again. And Roland locked the door so Todd wouldn't be able to leave with or without the car. He wanted to teach her a lesson and didn't think about the carbon monoxide poisoning. So he left his lover there on her own. Some hours later, he returned to the garage, finding the place filled with poison and Todd slumped over the steering wheel. Roland didn't know what to do. He went to the cafe without locking the garage's door and claimed to have no idea about Todd's whereabouts. 
Even if the authorities wanted to bring this man to court, he wouldn't have suffered any consequences. He would have had the best lawyers, and there were no witnesses. And so, the confession was ignored, because it would only be pointless trouble if police accused Roland of homicide. He died in 1951, confessing to the crime once again on his deathbed, but there wasn't anything anyone could do. LAPD authorities later reached the conclusion that her death had been an accident, being the result of either using the heater to keep herself warm or warming up the car before driving. A coroner's inquest regarding the death was held on December 18, 1935, and an autopsy surgeon testified that there wasn't any mark of violence on Todd's body, except for a superficial contusion on the lower lip. But informal accounts said that there were greater injuries, and so the jury ruled that the death seemed accidental, but needed further investigation to discard other theories. A grand jury probe was subsequently held to determine if Todd was murdered. After four weeks of testimony, the inquiry concluded with no evidence of foul play, and the case was closed by the Homicide Bureau. It was declared that the death was a suicide, but investigators found no reason for the actress to end her own life, and no suicide note. As the suspicions of the death being a suicide appeared, those who were close to her said she would never do that because she was always in good spirits. There was no solid evidence backing this up. Nonetheless, this is Todd's official cause of death, no matter the lack of supporting evidence. One of the most disturbing facts about this death is that the paparazzi and reporters were able to get close-up shots of the body, and those images were used in newspapers and magazines without anyone thinking about it twice. Why did nobody even try to stop them? And how did they get so close to the body? It's still a mystery to this day, but the truth is, it wasn't uncommon for paparazzi to attempt this kind of disturbing thing. Well, they more or less still are like that, but I haven't seen any pic of dead bodies in recent magazines. This wasn't the case in the mid-30s. This case pretty much led nowhere, even when the culprit confessed. There wasn't much to do against him anyway, as nobody wanted to mess with an important and wealthy man. Todd's memorial service was held at Pierce Brothers Mortuary at 720 West Washington Boulevard in Los Angeles, and her body was cremated. After her mother died in 1969, her remains were placed in her mother's casket, and both of them were buried in Bellevue Cemetery back in her hometown. They were reunited at last, after death, but still together in the end. Do you think this was an accident or a crime? Perhaps we might never have solid answers to this question, but we might have our own conclusions nonetheless. It is yet another reminder that sudden deaths can happen to anybody, regardless of fame or class, and that we should keep copies of our keys just in case unexpected situations happen. It can be life-saving. Well, alas, fellow humans, we have come to the end of yet another episode. I want to give you a heartfelt thank you to you, the listener, who have chosen to spend your precious time with me. As usual, I want to say that it was a privilege and a pleasure to spend my time with you today. That was episode 11 of ASM Murder. If you want to catch up on any episodes you missed, or if you just want to hear more of me in general, you can go to my website, murderpod.net. That's M-U-R-D-E-R-P-O-D.net. You can also find my podcasts on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. If you enjoyed what you heard, I'd love to hear your thoughts. Also, I'm in the process of uploading these episodes to YouTube, so if that's how you prefer your guru, I will be there to serve. Until next time, fellow humans, please be kind to yourselves and be good to each other. Take care.